Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Today's show is sponsored by Calamos Investments. Here's Anna DeVlantis on the Lisa Dent Show. 339, it is Anna in for Lisa today and continuing our conversation about tipping. First, I just want to get to some of your texts before we launch into our financial discussion. We're getting some great answers here. At 5 o'clock, a WGN tote bag goes out to the person with the best answer. What's the strangest situation, strangest place you've ever been asked to tip? Someone said at the Oberweiss drive-thru, I had one ice cream cone. <laughs> uh, automatic car wash, someone asked me to do that. 847, my computer server just asked me for a tip. <laughs> I'm sure that's a joke. Uh, as a dog groomer, we heavily rely on tips. 847 writes, it's our business, and there's no 401k, no insurance, no paid time off, so nothing other than making what we make off of the dogs we groom. So think about that. Uh, 708, I think it's absurd that the mailman expects a tip at Christmas time. Like, really? Is that to ensure prompt service? Is that what that's about? I don't know. That is their job. But it's nice to reward the mail mail person or letter carrier who uh, is reliable and delivers the mail with a smile. I order my groceries for from Walmart and they don't even let me tip the person who brings the groceries to my car. It's not allowed. Uh, let's see. Tipping if the food is not prepared right or is bad service or is, is bad, but service was good, you should still tip the servers, meaning so they can't be responsible for the food, I think this person is saying here. Keep them coming, 312-981-7200, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll read some more of them coming up here, and then go ahead and announce a winner of this uh, question we pose to our listeners today. Matt Freund has stepped into the studio. He's with Calamos Investments. He's a co-chief investment officer, and how are you, Matt? How you doing? I am great. It is great to be here. I always say about you off air, and I'll say it on air, is that th- this guy is like so brilliant. It, he's just so brilliant. And then he's so good at explaining stuff. Like you get the high level stuff and I'm able to understand it. So thank you for being here and helping us understand what's going on, because I think there are a lot of major market moves that are affecting our lives. I mean, we certainly feel it when it comes to inflation. We certainly feel it when we pay for things at the grocery store. We're seeing prices up dramatically. We're seeing mortgage rates up dramatically. We're seeing um, the economy kind of uh, volatile and teetering, and, and it, it is worrisome on some time, in some days. And I, I was talking to John Kadunas, your CEO, earlier on the show, and he said, you know what, at Calamos, we're not predicting this dramatic recession or slowdown. We do think that there will be a slowdown, but we, you know, he was a little lighter than others when he spoke about what's to come. There are some predicting much greater recession than that. And you have an interesting take on this because you call it the not yet market yeah, I, so uh, the the calendar changed, and um, I guess we're in the mindset that the calendar changes. We have resolutions. It's a new school year. Uh, we're we're looking f- uh, ahead on uh, uh, you know our new goals for twenty twenty three. Not a lot has changed from today uh, than the last time we were here a couple months ago. Right. So. Um, the economy is slowing. Is it a recession? Well, not yet. And we think it's going to take some time to get here. Uh, interest rates are going up. Have they peaked? Well, not yet, but they're getting close. You talked about the pressures. So mm-hmm. pressures are clearly building. Um, 
but they're not at a breaking point, not mm-hmm. yet. So, uh, and uh, on the, as far as the market goes, um, I think this is a great trading opportunity. I think we're going to be going over the same ground uh, many times, but is is it a set it and forget it sort of market where you can um, invest today and, and be assured that you're going to have a smooth ride up again? I think not yet. Well, that, yeah, that's interesting. You think there's so much more that we have to wait to happen. There are some things that are, moved, that are in it's, flux or things working in the markets that need to just sure, happen. Yeah. And that's a good thing, I guess. I think it has to flush out what, what we, this, this overheated economy that's driving the inflation. What, what do you say about yeah, that? Yeah, no, for sure. So look, I, you know, the, the Fed, uh, we talked about interest rates and the Fed works its way on the economy with long and uh, variable lags. So most people think it takes about a year, some say a year and a half. Steve Rusciuto, uh over at Mizuho says it can take up to two years for mm. Fed actions to feed into the economy. And a year ago, rates were at zero. Right. We didn't start hiking rates until March. So, um, you know, the analogy I use is you can leave the party, but it doesn't mean you're going to avoid the hangover. So um, <laughs> the, the, the medicine is the, the effects of past hikes are still to come. Well, it's interesting because you look at some of the factors that the Fed looks at. They look at inflation. And it does seem that there is some cooling there, right? The economy, there is some cooling. Oh, there, for sure. There, there's some things there that you think that they would look at. Um, the jobs picture, I think, is one that stands out still, as John pointed out, for, for the Fed. They say that they need to see them shedding more jobs in order for us to really stop. What yeah, you bet. Doing. So, so inflation, we talked about it peaking last summer, and we think it did. Uh, I think if you look back... Uh, inflation peaked in June or July, depending on the measure that you looked at. And it's been coming down, uh, I think it peaked at 9.1, 9.2. It's uh, in the sixes now and it's going to fall. And we think inflation is going to keep falling till this summer, till uh, July. uh, We'll get the numbers in August. After that, it's going to be a little bit harder. So what happens is, is they drop the prior year month off and then they add the new one. And so you have 12 months of inflation data. Well, a year ago, inflation was really high. So dropping that off and putting a new one in causes inflation to come down. Come August, the, those tailwinds are going to be headwinds because things are going to have fallen already. So we think inflation uh, peaked. We think it's coming down. We think it's going to come down dramatically hmm. Uh through this summer, and then it, we think it's going to level off. And in terms of jobs, John was absolutely right. The job market has stayed pretty robust. Um, in fact, I think we're at six or seven job beats in a row. So that that's still, but jobs are a lagging indicator. And so again, if if you can't go by that to tell if the Fed's doing it right or not. Okay. So they, so when we see the Googles and the Metas of the world and just dropping people and cutting jobs, that doesn't. Uh, does that signal that they're they're looking at this? Yeah, and you know, I think IBM just announced a couple mm-hmm. hours ago that uh, that they were going to be cutting some jobs. So, yeah, it's it's clearly out there. Companies that hired, thinking that the post COVID boom was per- permanent, are having to pull back a little bit. But you know, these are massive companies, and um, you know, yes, they're cutting some jobs now, but they've hired a lot and. Uh, again, I think it's just going to be a momentary blip. Yeah, 
Interesting. Matt Freund is the co-CIO, co-chief investment officer at Calamos Investments. We'll return with more from him coming up here on WGM. But first, let's check in with Mary Vandeveld, see what's going on your roads and check the weather this afternoon. It is 3.50 now. And, you know, we started this conversation top of the show. What's the strangest place you've ever asked, been asked to tip? So we, we talked about this article, the AP shot out, and a lot of publications picked it up. A lot of places uh, picked up on this. But they, they talked about how consumers are growing a little tired of tipping and that it seems like everywhere you turn now, even if you don't have any service, you're being asked to tip. So they turn the little credit card machine around and they say, okay, go ahead. And we asked you, what's a strange place where that has happened? 312-981-7200. We're going to award a WGN tote bag at five o'clock to the winner of this contest. Let me read a few before we get to our next guest here. Um, Okay. I bought my wife a Christmas ornament online. No person helped me. Nothing special on the order. And at the checkout, I was asked if I wanted to leave a tip. For whom? <laughs> LOL. Okay. My sister ordered a sign for her basement from an online company that makes personalized item, and she was asked to tip at checkout. 847, strangest tipping situation. I'm a nurse, and I was taking care of a patient in a hospital. Before he was discharged, he went up and down the hallway trying to give everyone in the station a tip. All right. Go nurses. I don't know. Can you accept that? <laughs> 847, ever since COVID, we tip about 40%. We have decided that they can use it more during these tough times. It's interesting that when we do that, that people definitely appreciate it. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. 847, we don't tip at McDonald's or Burger King. Therefore, Subway and Dunkin' Donuts should not be asking for tips on their payment terminals. I mentioned I went in the Pedway yesterday and that happened. I got a Subway sandwich and they turned it around and you got the tipping thing. Someone else on the on the tip line had mentioned earlier, we worry that we don't get our tips. This was an employee who was at one of those establishments. I'm not going to call it out. And so we worry that sometimes those tips don't make it to us. They, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that, but that was a concern. Um, A47, I was asked to tip at a doggy daycare's place. Keep the conversation going. 312-981-7200. All right. Matt Freund is a good tipper. I know that about him. And he knows his money, too. He is the co-chief investment officer at Calamos Investments. All right, Matt. So let me ask you this, because you're the kind of guy who can see things in this economy most of us can't. What are your key takeaways right now from what you're seeing? Yeah, so the key takeaways... um Pressures are building up. We think that, you know, a recession, if one comes, is going to be longer in coming than maybe some of the headlines would uh, imply. You know, that said, uh, you you have to take a longer term view and and look through it. The market is really obsessed with the Federal Reserve and what they're going to do. Put it in context. they, They may have one or two hikes left to go. They may have three or four really not beyond that. So the Fed is almost done. Um, A lot of the pressures that we've been talking about uh, last year, they're still there, um, but they're not acute. The economy is better than feared, maybe not as good as we hoped, but better than feared. And there's still opportunities and things investors can do in that environment. All right. Well, let's get to that then, because people are saying, my gosh, where are the opportunities? Everything I've been in has not been doing well at all. And so they think, okay, where do we find them? Okay. So first, let's put it in context. If you look over the last 12 months, the uh, equally weighted S&P, I I look at that most, a lot of people look at just the S&P, but the the equally weighted S&P, I think, is more reflective of what portfolio managers do. It's down three or four percent over the last year. That is not statistically significant. Think of that as a tie. 
a lot of volatility on the way, and I think you have to be comfortable with that. So first thing investors need to do, and we talked about this in the break, um, I can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you what I do. Okay. I have enough invested so that if the market goes up 10 or 15%, I can take some profits. I can take some profits without being totally out of the market. Uh, at the same time, I, I have an, um, enough cash that if the market goes down 10 or 15%, I can put some in without feeling that I'm over my skis. And so I, I think everybody has a different number there. Everybody has a different number. But I think it's important they think through what they would do if the market goes up 10%. And if it goes up, you should be trimming if you're, if you're over-allocated to risk. And at the same time, they should think about what they would buy if it goes down. So that's just a broad philosophical outlook. In terms mm-hmm. of what they should be doing specifically, there are a lot of opportunities for income. Where, where are those, Matt? So the short end of the, the, the yield curve looks kind of odd. It peaks. The highest rates are available about six months out. Uh, and then the market is fighting with the Fed. The Fed is saying they're going to keep rates um, uh, five, five and a quarter in that ballpark for a long time. Uh, the market is saying, no, you're not. You're going to be cutting rates. So um, you can do very, very well just in a short-term bond fund, in a short treasury. You can, I mean, again, you get a little bit less than you did before, but you still can find four to four and a half percent sorts of yields. Going further out, I think the credit market is in the sweet spot. So all of the things that we're worried about on the equity side are at really equity-focused stories. They're not as impactful um, to the health of the issuing companies. So what do I mean by that? I mean that COVID scared a lot of companies. Things stopped. They had to go to the government. They were very unclear how they were going to get through 2020. Well, when you're scared, you you fix that problem. So companies are really in a pretty good shape from from a balance sheet perspective. Uh, They have plenty of cash. Uh, The credit stats are actually stronger than they've been. And, um, you know, we're seeing upgrades in the market so that the, the, the universe is shrinking. So we do like credit here. Awesome. And just we'll just end out. But in case you missed it earlier, Matt had said that the inflation is coming down and that's dramatically, yeah. dramatically. And we love hearing that. So it's um, good to get the big picture from you, Matt. Thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. Matt Freund is the co-CIO of Calamos Investments. This is Anna DeBlantis in for Lisa. We got to get to the news at the top of the hour from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.